Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and can to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, good evening, everybody, to Out of Sight Adventures. I hope you guys are comfortable, had no problems in TSA, and you find your seat very comfortable. We are going to a wonderful place this evening and spend great time. We have Brian, my wingman. Say hi, Brian. Hi, ho, everybody. <laughs> and we have Darrow, our streamer, and he is going to be helping us with pilot duties as well this evening. And he's assured so, us he's never flown a plane, so we're in good hands. Right, right. And, oh, I'm, bl- and I'm blind, what? too. <laughs> oh, you guys. That makes three of us. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, we are in the very stylish ACB latest jet from their uh, airplanes and we are going to be zooming really fast tonight because where we're going if we're traveling from the east side of the United States it will be traveling over 7,000 miles oh no 6,000 miles and if we're traveling from the west coast of the United States it will be over 5,000 miles of travel time so if we go from the west coast it'll be about 12 hours if we're going from the east coast it'll be about 16 hour flight so everyone buckle up and get comfortable um because of the duration of the flight we have all left our service dogs and guide dogs to relax as they're going to have a vacation tonight as well maybe some of them are comfortably seated at your um foot of your bed or on your couch keeping your place nice and warm So some of the things to think about of where we're going is the temperature when we arrive will be approximately 57 degrees and it is clear with lows in the 50s. The other thing is too, it is time of season is fall. Pretty leaves and everything we're gonna see. So one of the things I need to tell you is, is we're gonna need to be more familiar with their currency. So here's maybe a hint of where we're going. So you need to understand that one yen will equal 0.009% or 0.09 of a dollar. So what does that mean? Okay, let me explain it to you. If it's 150 yen will equal a dollar. So just to let you know, thanks to ACB, Airlines and ACB Radio and all the wonderful presidents of all the affiliations have given us 10,448 10, yen cash for all to carry on us. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, we have $100 spending cash because what the country that we're going to go see, actually, believe it or not, even though it's a very high tech, they don't always take credit cards. So you want to always make sure you have yen on you. So, yes, they do take Visa and American Express, but some of the outlying areas and the vendors and stuff like to deal with cash only. How are we doing tonight, everybody? Oh, all I know is that I'm here to be the yin to your yen. 
Oh, there you go. Okay. So one more thing we need to talk about is um, how the police are over in the country we're going. Now, remember, we're leaving the United States and the country we're going to is very respectful and very much aware of others. So the policies are very different than us in the United States. For example, one of the things is, is their cokes are even different. But I have fantastic news. Every what happened? I don't know. We lost her. Yeah, I was going to say. You know, I was going to say. I think this is more interesting than the than the program I thought I was going on to. Well, we're glad to have you. And while we find our, uh... so wow, that's kind of exciting. Hey, Terry, you're back. Oh, you just it? must have flown over the Dragon's Triangle as we were flying into oh. Asia. Okay. And been sucked into the time continu- <laughs> space time continuum because we missed you for about. Um, we we well, didn't I hear was... anything about the police, so if we all get arrested, <laughs> it's on you and the aliens that abducted you. Okay, so just to warn you about the police, <laughs> the country we're going to is they will detain you if you are not cooperative. There are no freedom of rights there. They can walk up to anybody and ask for identification. If they decide that if you're wearing blue today and it was to wear yellow day, they might come up to you and ask for your identification and ask to check your pocket. Um, You can refuse, but you will automatically be detained. Um, um, And I'm speaking from experience because I did get an opportunity to visit this country and we did not know this happened. So you got detained? You didn't tell me that story. Well, I had to save something for the call. But <laughs> I was I was a minor. I was only 10 years old. And I'm like, no, I'm not showing you what's in my little Hello Kitty purse I just bought. And the police like... Hint number two. Where? Yes. <laughs> and he's like, where? Who's with you? And grandma was like just two people over. And um, yeah, so I was detained. <laughs> Did you get but tea when you for, got detained? Did I get what? Did you get any hot tea while you were detained? Or? I did not get hot uh, tea detained. And I didn't get any sushi or, you know. Uh, oh, look snacks. at this. I believe yeah. we're going to want everybody seated and seatbelts buckled because I believe we're coming in for a landing. <gasps> we're coming in for a landing, everybody. Where are we going? Country. We are going to Japan. Yay! We're going to be landing in Tokyo, Japan in just a few minutes, and we are super excited. There are so much to do in Tokyo, Japan, and just Japan itself. I mean, tons of stuff, but we are going to, we only have an hour, so we're going to talk more about the culture and the experiences that you can have, but we will go to some places like Mount Fiji. Mount Fuji. I know you really want to go to Fiji, and you keep having a Freudian slip, but it's Mount Fuji. Okay. And look at that. I, I believe Darrow's cleared us for a landing from Control Tower. Yes, oh. I have. It's going to be a little bumpy, though. There we go. And that 13-second flight all the way from New York's Kennedy Airport to Japan is done. Yeah. Japan is that is amazing. Darrow did a fantastic job landing his very first airplane. That's I mean, right. that was the smoothest <laughs> landing I've ever had. Yeah. We tried. 
<laughs> ACB charters airlines do their best. Okay. All right. Well, I got some some welcome music for us. Yeah. Let's hear it. So I'm going to butcher a lot of words tonight. So this is traditional Gogaku music. And if anybody knows that I'm saying that wrong, feel free to correct me. I like to know things. So this is some traditional Japanese music. You're hearing the drum. You're hearing the flute. So cool. I have an hour of that. If anybody just wants to listen to that, we can do that. But I think we can also go into our the rest of our trip here. So, guys, we are in Japan. Um, and if you guys have listened to us before, I'm Brian, the travel geek. I'm the nerdy one in the group, which is saying something in this group. Um, <laughs> and I like all the nerdy stuff. So I do my travel geek segment. And that's what this is, the travel geek. So the first known inhabitants of Japan was 30,000 years ago. So that's a long time. So, I mean, the anti-aging cream that I use is not going to help me in 30,000 years. So, (laughs) Um, yeah. So, uh, it is emperor ruled since like 500 AD. Um, Once they became more civilized and became under one rule, uh, between, there's not a set date that I could find, but somewhere between four and 600 AD. So, I picked 500. Uh, They've been under emperor rule to this day. So, um, the main religions, which I think is pretty cool that they actually have like two religions that have learned how to coexist with each other is the Japanese Shinto religion and Buddhism. So those are your two major religions in Japan. There are others. Um, thank you Europeans for changing things in Japan because the Portuguese were the first there and they were the first ones to introduce firearms. So, you know, Hey, Let's let's bring the gunpowder to the party. So um, I should have probably led with this, but it is known as Land of the Rising Sun because of the international dateline and the sunrise in there kind of first and all that fun stuff. Um, one of the really um, cool things in Japan that a lot of people know are like the beautiful pagodas and the temples and stuff. So one of the really, really famous ones, once again, gonna butcher this. You guys should make a drinking game out of how bad I pronounce some of this stuff. And you guys will have a really good night here at Outside Adventure. Yes, everybody throwing back the warm sake. It is all right. Kinkakuji. Kinkakuji. And the G is J I with the hyphen in front of it. So Kinkakuji. And that is a Zen Buddhist temple in Kyoto. And um that is one of the most popular tourist destinations in Kyoto. Um, it's also part of ancient Kyoto, Kyoto and it, because it's one of, se- I believe, seven buildings um, in Kyoto that make up the ancient uh, Kyoto sites. It is also part of the World Heritage Site. So, like, when I like to travel, since I'm a nerd, I love to visit uh, world heritage sites, if at all possible. So you can go probably take a bullet train from Tokyo to J- to Kyoto. 
we'll and probably I have find the that price out. for that. Yeah, yeah, so we'll find that out a little bit later. Um, and you'll be able to um, check out uh, Kinku, Kinkakuji, uh, yes. which is a super famous Zen Buddhist temple. Um, also, Kyoto is really famous for the geisha. And so geisha, the direct translation, the closest thing in English would be artist or performing artist. Uh, also in the Kyoto dialect, they have a variation of that, meaning performing women, because geishas are women. Um, our knowledge of them in the West is sometimes limited, maybe only because of the movie or book, Memoirs of a Geisha, you know what it is. But they are very highly trained um, musicians and artists that perform in tea houses. And their whole goal is to get um, a patron, which in pre like 19th century and before the patrons would actually pay all the living expenses and the woman become a, a person of leisure. Uh, and in post-World War II Japan, um, the patron basically just helps pay the bills, but the woman doesn't retire once she finds a patron. The average retirement age of a geisha pre-1950 was 24 years old. So they come in uh, after their apprenticeship at 20, and by the time they're 24, uh, they've either retired or found a patron because I guess the younger women play a better violin. I don't know. Um, so that is... <laughs> Now so the, Brian, it uh, takes I'm five years. It takes five years to become a geisha. Did you know well, that? Right, they start at twenty though. Like the, an I actual full time geisha starts at twenty, and then the yeah, average but, retirement age is twenty four. But they start training them at the age of fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, fourteen or fifteen, absolutely. And there's and, a couple of different apprentice stages, and in yeah. the first stage of that, they actually just view. They don't do anything but watch the woman that's going to train them to become a geisha. So it's kind of a really cool um, way of preserving history, and that's kind of what it is now. The The art form of the geisha is, since 1960, has been kind of a dying art, but they are not looked down upon like some other dying arts in Japan, because they look at uh, preserving the traditions and history of Japan. And while we're in Kyoto, we're going to Wait, wait, go, wait. Before oh, we move on, okay. I want to take a few minutes to explain yeah. that... Basically, these tea houses are for gentlemen only. And for those of you guys that um, have had sight or may have never seen a geisha or those that have no sight, they take a lot of training for the five years just to prepare themselves of their appearance. And they're the ones that have the total white face painted, but they do not paint the neck. It's only the front of the face. And not the neck area, because that's seen as a very sensual area. Also, the, um, when you're in training the first two years, you are not allowed to have a wig. So you have to prepare your hair immaculately, and then you're only allowed to sleep, sleep, sleep with a wood brick and a foam piece underneath your neck so that the hair does not touch Oh, and I thought my neck hurt after I slept. Exactly, and that's for two years. And then they also put um, something on the side so that if the uh, in training goes to turn her head, it rings the training the trainer. So they come in and they get in trouble. 
for moving while they're sleeping. Um, the other thing is, is their makeup is only black eyeliner, red, 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 the most reddest lipstick you can imagine, and just the white. And, and it's absolutely stunning. Yes. And then the other thing is, is they're only, they're, um, they're comos. No, they're not called comos. What do they wear? Kimonos. Yes. But theirs are very special. They're only to, allowed to walk um, six. I think the total is not even 12 inches. I think it's like 10, eight to 10 inches. So they walk very, um, very uniquely because they're that confined from the Hello, bottom. Hello, kitty. How you doing there? Hello? Hello, kitty. Hi. So we are going to post a really cool geisha video for you on out of sight adventures. So we'll get the rest of that information. Um, um, but we have a lot to get to tonight. So I'm sorry. I get so excited. I, I know you do. I know okay. you do. So Daryl, I am going to warn you. Our next place is going to be introduced with a song. And then I'm going to ask the first trivia question of the night. If you won last week, I know I haven't gotten you your card. I promise you it's going out in the morning with whoever wins tonight. We'll be giving out two cards tonight. And guys, they are worth $100 in savings on a travel website that you can book at over 500,000 resorts worldwide. Um, and if you have won before, um, please let somebody else answer because we're only giving out one card per person. Thank you. So here's everybody knows this. If it would play... So while Brian's getting the video ready for our next place, I want to tell you guys that tonight we're going to stay at a capsule hotel. What a capsule hotel is exactly what it sounds like. It's not a hotel room because when you... Oh, yay! Oh, you can interrupt me anytime with that music. All right, well, for those of you who don't know, this is the theme song to the original Super Mario Brothers. It's been reincarnated in every version of their song, and this is the game that pretty much put the Nintendo Entertainment Center uh, system on the map. And so... Daryl, the first person to raise their hand and get it right, please, or first person to raise their hand, please let us know. Sure. Our man. first trivia question is, in what Nintendo game did Super Mario, or did Mario oh. and Luigi make their debut in? In what Nintendo game did the Mario Brothers make their debut in? Candy Crush! I thought we were muting everybody. I thought she <laughs> did make the plane this trip. <laughs> I thought we tried to hold her up at customs. Do we have any any hands up, Darrow? We do not, Brian. No, what? it's. I will even give you. I'll give you a small. You, you guys really don't know this. this I, I thought know this the would answer, be easy Brian. One. I know the uh, answer, well, but we'll I can't get, raise my hand. You can't raise your hand, and maybe we'll come to you, but. Um, it came out in 1981. It was a really big hit and made the ColecoVision a big home entertainment center. You know, people said if you're playing it, you're probably monkeying around. It had a lot of bananas. It had a princess in it. Okay. Abraham. Anybody? Abraham. Hey. There he is. Now we have to check with the police and make sure he's authorized here in Japan. Yes, he's authorized. Yes. He will not be detained. <laughs> 
Cool. Abraham? Oh, hold on. I'm, I guess I'm going to have to unmute. Abraham, can you unmute yourself? If not, I'll do it. thought I unmuted everybody. Oh, that's what happens when you let That's Harry when somebody gets off. a new toy and <laughs> wants to play with it. <laughs> you can reclaim host if that would help you. No, just kidding. I don't want to be the host. <laughs> Is Terry playing with her new toys that she bought in Japan? Did you get to those yet? The toys? No, not yet. Not yet. Shh. Okay, very, so. very quiet. We're trying very, to. Very, very quiet. Uh, Brian, right. I'm going to have to ask you to try it because I can't do anything I, with it. Mine says mute all, so I have unmuted everybody. And I but don't there's know a there, question, like if you go to the participants list and you click on Abraham, it's not say, letting me do that. Un- oh, okay. So this is fantastic. We're going to have a host lesson in the middle of our out of sight adventure streaming yep. live. Can we, Kate, Derek, so, you make um, Terry the co-host? I uh, let me see. I don't think I can do anything. I'm not sure. I'm, hey, yeah, it's it's hey Abraham, hey. there you are. all right. Okay. There we go. First recommendation: <laughs> you're going to ask me to if I can unmute myself, and I can't. You're not going to get an answer. <laughs> <laughs> asked you to unmute yourself. Okay, so what um, what game did uh, Mario make his debut in? I'm guessing Mario Brothers. No, that that was Close. the second game. Mar- Mario Brothers for the Atari system was the second game, but there was a game before it that may or may not have had a giant Big animal in it. A banana. Anybody? Princess. No video game. Like, like I'm not even a video barrel. game person. I cannot Off. answer this question. Okay, so we're gonna <laughs> move on to a different question. What was the answer, Janine? Donkey Kong. Donkey yes. Kong. It is on like Donkey Kong. And I didn't Kong. even know. Like, I know that. Dun, yep. dun, dun, dun. Yeah. It's awesome. Yes, uh, cool. Awesome. So we didn't give that. So we will ask a second. Yeah. We'll ask two trivia questions after the segment later today. So please pay attention. All clues will now come from the call. <laughs> and so, yeah. So Nintendo is based in Kyoto. And it actually. Hold, please. I don't know what happened to my Nintendo notes. Um, it actually started in the 1860s as a playing card company. So it's been around 100, almost 160 years. Um, in 1959, they were the first Japanese company to license Disney characters. And they put their Disney characters on the playing cards and did books to explain what the playing card games were and sold 600,000 decks of Disney playing cards in 1959. Um, and then they came. And did you buy them all, Brian? Did you buy them all? I bought them all in 1959. That would have been impressive. That's that's, that's incredible amazing. Foresight. I want to play with them. <laughs> so, and then um, they started into video games with Magnavox. They had a partnership with the U.S. company Magnavox for the first video game system, the Odyssey, and they created the laser gun that Magnavox used. Um, and then they started getting into their own thing. And then we had the Nintendo Entertainment System. So they made games for Coleco, Atari. They had their own arcade systems in Japan as shooting virtual shooting galleries. But we all know and love Nintendo because of the NES and Super Nintendo and N64 and the GameCube and the Wii. And Oh, Brian, you're making me tired. Can we go take a nap? Sure. Okay, so this one is spin. 
a few <laughs> seconds talking about hotels when you go to Japan. So there are these great places because what are, we've got so much to do, right, Brian and Janine? Yes. So <laughs> there are these hotels that are called capsule hotels. And basically, it's exactly what it sounds like. It is a capsule where you just go in and you lay down and you have your plugs. You've got your music. You've got your um, fan on and your control and you go in a pillow and they even give you pajamas to lay in there and special shoes to wear because, you know, you take your shoes off and you go to sleep. And sleep so pajamas. Like, sleep pajamas, not pajamas, sleepy pajamas. And um, so you do share, um, a, you know, you can have like rows of these down a hallway and then you have a bathroom you share and then there are very lovely living areas that you can go and sit and zen out. But really the price of these are so reasonable, like $28 a night. Or you can actually rent a pod for a couple of hours if you're like stuck between um, events or, you know, you get delayed at the airport. Because let me just tell you, the bullet trains of Japan are amazing. And that's how you get around. So I'm going to tell you about bullet trains. I've written one and it was amazing. Just amazing. (laughs) So just to let you know how much they are for a ticket. It depends. The basic price, it depends on how far you go. So, like, the basic price is 800 yen to 1,100 yen. So, what does that mean? It's between 7 to $10. Remember that money I gave you guys from our ACB sponsors? That's right. We're going to go to a ticket machine and get our tickets. But we can upgrade. Oh, and there's some some things i got to tell you about the bullet train. We never want to go when it's um, um, rush hour. So that's between 7.30 and 9, and again in the evening between 5 and 7. And the last trains usually run at 1 in the morning. And then they take that time in between before they start up again to clean them and sanitize them. Because when it is rush hour, they actually have people that are paid to push you into the train and pack you in as sardines. I am not lying. That is not social distancing. They're going to push us in together? No, no, no. Oh, yes. They, (laughs) so fun. Big hugs for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, you hug and feel. So, because of that, there are trains that are on the front of the train and in the back of the train during those rush hours that have a pink square on them. Now, that is for women only during those times because there are incidents of men wanting to get to know a woman a little bit more than a happy hug. So so during the rush hours, there are no men allowed to go if there's a pink square on the door. Okay. So I don't want anybody to be tamed by the police officers. That is your fair warning from your friendly Mm -hmm. traveler, Terry. So what about speed trains? How fast are we talking about? Well, speed trains have been around since 1960s. And they first started out going 130 miles an hour. That's in 1960. But now in April of this year, um, we have a speed train that actually went as fast as 375 miles per hour. So some of you guys that are really smart out there are like, okay, how is that possible with friction and the tr- and the tracks and the wheels, you know, spinning around like that fast? They're going to be like, 
flames. Like it would be like uh, Flash Gordon running down the tracks. Well, let me just tell you. The they flash, have been Flash Gordon. Okay, Flash. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me just now you just Okay. So how does that work? So it works off of magnets. They actually have these new trains now that go the speed of over 200 miles an hour because of the friction. So it's basically working on a magnetic fields and the electric fields where you have magnets that are opposite each other. So they work on pull and push and all that awesomeness that, okay, I'll stop, Janine. I hear you. You story. sound just like Brian. <laughs> Let's say, do, like, they take, do they take you directly happened? to a, do they take you, take you to directly to a Hello Kitty store? Oh, is that where we're going? Are we going to the Hello Kitty store? But, oh, but I'm so I gotta excited. <laughs> but I got to tell I you can't... something really quick. I got to tell you something really quick. When the train, because I got to experience this. When the train comes out of a tunnel, they actually have to slow down to below 200 miles an hour because if there's a freight train nearby, the sonic boom is so loud boom. that it, knocks, oh, it could knock over the freight train. So well, that I would be bad. That. Very and bad. Then, and but if everybody use, was okay, I'd want to watch that video. I know, right? <laughs> and, they use, and they use cryogenic cooling to keep the magnets from getting all hot and all that good stuff. But... Yes, I'm so excited. So cool. tell us about team, Hello Kitty, though. Yeah, let's go. That's what I like came to Japan for, besides the other thing that Brian's going to be so excited for. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so Hello Kitty is amazing. Yes. So, as you guys know, Hello Kitty was developed in 1972 um, or 1974. And in, yeah. Oh, my notes got confused. Okay. Yoko. Oh. Please say it fast. Me. Just say it fast. It sounds right. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, she created Hello Kitty as a social um, mm-hmm. way of helping um, p- kids to socialize. And if you remember Hello Kitty, she does not have any lips. She has no, mm-hmm. she just has eyes and her cute little pink bow, and she's just so cute. And the very first Hello Kitty and the nose and whiskers, and her nose and whiskers, and the very first Hello Kitty merchandise, which I am sad to say I don't know where mine is because I went over to Japan in 1984 and got the first Hello Kitty of my life, and then after that it was Hello Kitty till even <laughs> just even she last still year. buys them. Don't let her lie to you. She still <laughs> she buys does, them. She does. What about my melody? Well, hold on a second. So it was a coin purse. Well, stand by. I'll let you talk about Melanie. I'll talk about No, I don't care. Coin purse. Let's talk about your coin purse. Yes. So the very first merchandise is a coin purse where she's sitting between a bottle of milk and a goldfish because those are good luck charms. And it was a miniature coin purse. So um, I'm so excited because in 1976, is when Hello Kitty made her grand appearance with her friends in the United States. So, Janine, mm-hmm. tell me about your Hello Kitty girl. My favorite Hello Kitty is my melody. Do you guys remember my melody? Was she, Brian. Was she black? Mm-hmm. Was she the one that was dark? No, she's she not was... black. She's white, and she had red ears, and she looked like a bunny. And oh, I that's how to right. draw her, and she had, like, yellow flowers, and she, I'm not sure if she had a mouth, but I have these, like, little stationery. I got a plush, a 
backpack. I was so into her. And like, I was drawing oh. her when I was in first grade. We all had to draw all the Hello Kitty characters and we could pick who we wanted. And I, my teacher was obsessed. So I drew, I had my melody and yeah, I had a sticker and I love my melody. Hello Kitty's great. And then there's the yellow, the little yellow cat. That was friends. Brian, who was your favorite Hello Kitty friend? I didn't have one, but what I did have Why? Was, What's wrong with you? Well, I was more into it. Because you're old, a guy? I was you into old like school that. anime, which is oh. any art out of Japan. So um, old oh, school no. wise, we're going to throw out Speed Racer and Akira, but my favorite oh, was yeah, Battle yeah. of the Planets. Okay. Then more recently, you have Pokemon and Sailor Moon and things like that. But anime Pokemon is, and Sailor Moon. I love so, Sailor Moon and her Sailor pink Moon's hair. awesome. And some people would argue that not that all animation. I'm sorry? Hello Kitty's candy. Did you eat the gummy candies, Terry? Uh, I love the Hello. I love the candies, but we've got more to talk about. Yes, Brian. Let's talk about Sailor Moon and your hey, friends. Hey, hey, Janine. What? You know, where the, you know where the world's largest Hello Kitty store is? San Francisco? No, Universal Studios in Orlando now. Okay, go for it. No, Brian. that's not true. It's a San Rio store? Really? They moved it there? Okay, cool. Sorry, Brian. Okay. I didn't that's know. That's okay. <laughs> but We're I was just saying go, that anime Brian, is... Let's go. Let's any go. cartoon, any, any, any <laughs> art animation out of Japan is considered anime, but some people would argue that. But my favorite thing with the Japanese obsession with cartoons, it led to the first Disney park outside of the United States. Uh, yes. Disneyland, which Disney actually doesn't own. It's That's part- true. It is a partnership mm-hmm. uh, with a Japanese company. And so they license all the Disney um, awesome. characters and stuff to them. And that opened in 1983. With, and it had the same. It was basically a replica of the Anaheim Disneyland. Now has seven themed areas. And it's mm-hmm. the third most visited theme park in the world. So mm-hmm. over over 170 million people have visited to, since its opening. Um, and it's geared more towards the the younger people. And so um, the families go, but um, I'm 44 and it's my dream vacation to visit every Disney park in the world. You haven't vacation. been yet, Brian? I have not. I've never been to Asia. That oh, is, that we'll is go. No, I have friends we'll who have go. been there. And they said, yep. we'll go, let's go. Let's go yeah, out of sight adventures to there. Yeah. You know, they yeah. also said that the rides are a little smaller there. Yes. For smaller people. I have friends who've been and helped open that park. But very, yes, very it's cool. amazing. I have ears from there. I'm an ear aficionado. And all of us on ACB radio actually know someone who was their high school band went and performed to help open up Japan Disney. Oh, yeah, that's Just true. trying to figure out how you're going to slide that in. Yeah, well, we all knew that. I mean, so the cool thing with the Tokyo (laughs) Disney Resort is that there's actually two parks, and I have friends that have been to this park and say it is the best theme park in the entire world. It's called Disney Sea, and it's inspired by uh, Tales and Legends of the Sea. There's seven different areas in that park as well, but it's geared more towards adults. It has and couples. It has themed rides, uh, thrill rides. I mean, uh, fine dining restaurants mm-hmm. and there's a really cool nighttime spectacular that's meant to be romantic so you can go there but what i was when i was looking at all this stuff to get the information i was like oh really one of the main sources of income isn't just souvenir shopping they have like a full shopping complex on site and it generates as much money as the theme parks does 
Yes. So people actually yeah. literally go to the Disney Resort, um, which isn't, even though it says Tokyo Disney Resort, it's not in Tokyo. It's in a province just outside Tokyo. Uh, which, just, what's it called? The province outside Tokyo. That is something I am not even going to attempt to say. <laughs> Come on, Ryan. Uh, no, it, Come it's, on, that's yeah, the best I, part. I've, I've, I've been adventurous in my pronunciations. Hey, this hey one, Brian, yeah. just say it really fast. Yeah, Brian, yeah, say I it can't really even get, fast. There's too many consonants. Um, Come so on, I, Brian. Spell it for us. So, um, but that's, <laughs> the shopping thing was really cool to me. I thought that was a very interesting thing that people would actually go there to shop. Okay. Um, but if you guys have listened before, you know I love to eat, and that's why I'm a chubby guy. And Do you like to eat? I would have never, I ever known that. Like, ever. Ever, ever. And so one of the really <laughs> kind of things to do over there is get ramen. And mm-hmm. I, we all know the 19-cent package of ramen that we all ate and maybe still eat on a regular basis because we like them. Don't judge me. But there's <laughs> not talking about you yourself. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't eat them anymore. But yeah, I'm I glad do. you do. On the regular. Awesome. On the regular. Um, awesome. But so the ramen noodles that are in Japan are inspired by a Chinese ditch. They came over in the in 1860s. So a lot going on in Japan in that time. They're kind of have a, a rebirth going on with Nintendo and all this stuff. And <laughs> so... The first dish was Chinese wheat noodles, and it had uh, Chinese grilled pork uh, on it. And then now it's t- typically in a fish broth. Um, you can get it with pork broth. You hear about that in a video we got coming up for you. Um, and you can get all sorts of different types. Um, the closest thing I've gotten to authentic ramen uh, unfortunately, it was in California, and it was good, but I want to eat it in Japan and say I've had authentic ramen noodles. So on You could go to Japan and Disney World and have some. Yeah. Okay, our bullet train is here. We need to get on board. We got to head out to Mount Fuji. Oh. Fuji. Okay. Will there be apples? Are no, we climbing it? Oh, you know, it takes... Do you know how long it takes to climb it? No, well, you do I do. I do know because I've actually been there. Um, it only takes about four to five hours. So oh, that's uh, all. No problem. <laughs> so it's a volcano. But did you know it's not one volcano? It's three volcanoes on top of each other because it started erupting. That. It's two million years old and it's 12,388 miles high. Um, or feet. Did I say miles? I, I meant to say feet. <laughs> well, you know, it's yeah. fine. When you're two million miles, and it's surrounded with temples and also um, shrines, and it is so beautiful. But there are three volcanoes. So the first one was small, and then it erupted in like the 1600s, and then another eruption occurred and created another volcano on top, and that was in the early 1800s, and then the final cap of it erupted in the late 1800s so because of how big and beautiful and it's so majestic and mount fuji is seen as a very religious very um majestic that if it erupts it would just cause so much havoc so the name um fuji is actually mountain of fire Mm -hmm. so it is so carefully monitored constantly 24 hours a day for any seismic activity so just to let you know the last time anything popped up was in 1950s so 
Um, it's a sign of peace and harmony and the temples are beautiful and that's all I have to say. Cool. Can that's you get hey, can you get sushi there? Oh, you can! Oh my god, you're gonna get me started on sushi. Okay, and okay. So the thing about sushi is, is we eat it all wrong here in the United States. We You're do. Not, we do. In Japan, it is it's seen as an art form. Mm-hmm. It is rude to bite your sushi. Like you're supposed to take the whole piece and pop it in the your mouth. The whole piece. The whole piece, because the sushi chefs are very highly respected in Japan. And again, they take their hands and they take their time with the individual nerfy. And you're not supposed to dip your rice into the, um, uh, you're not supposed to dip the rice into your, um, um, yes, into your sauces because it will (laughs) absorb, (laughs) I got, so the soy sauce, because it will absorb the soy sauce and then the rice will fall apart. So you're only supposed to dip the fish side. And you are never, ever, ever supposed to mix your condiments together. Like you don't take your um, wasabi and mix it into your um, soy sauce. That's a big no-no. Everything is very separated, very linear, and very respectful. Third thing. Unless you're a rule breaker. Ever, oh, yeah. Well, they won't kick you out. They won't kick you out or you know, call the police on you, but just let you know that pink stuff, um, the pickled ginger, you're not supposed to put it on top of it. You're supposed to have, that is a palate cleanser. So you're supposed to have a a one piece. And if you're going to change to a different piece of sushi, you're supposed to have a bite of your pickled ginger to cleanse your palate and have a drink of your water. So don't be mixing your condiments in China. It's a sign of being disrespectful. You mean in Japan? In Japan, oh, we're not sushi in China. You're probably eating it wrong too. I mean, <laughs> in Japan, in Japan. <laughs> I just want to make sure we're in yeah. Japan. I thought so. <laughs> so, um, so in Japan, you do not want to disrespect the chef. So don't miss, don't mix up your condiments, and also with your chopsticks. It is a-okay if you're not a master at chopsticks. It's better to eat with your fingers. So that's another reason why I love sushi. But those of us that eat (laughs) with chopsticks, which I only done twice now since I've lost my vision, but um, you do never, ever, ever leave your chopsticks in a bowl where they're standing up because that's a sign that that they use for someone who's passed away and it's bad luck. And it's a symbol that when someone passes away and you want to set a table for them, you would put a bowl of rice and then have the chopsticks standing up or on the side. So when you're using your chopsticks and you're in a very good restaurant, you want they'll actually give you a little dish to put your chopsticks on. So talking about restaurants, Brian, remember we need to tell them real quick about table charge. Don't tip in Japan because your bill will actually include a tip and what's called a table charge. Yeah. So, so we're going to say something about a video. Yes, we have a video. So <laughs> we've been giving you all the fun, intelligent download travel geek stuff, but we have a cool little video. Please pay attention to the video. It is 29 funny things about Japan. And this is where your two trivia questions will come from. There'll be rapid fire. And here you go. Mm-hmm. Japan is known as the land of the rising sun. 
but it could also be known as the land of singing toilets or the country of the blue traffic light. There are so many things that make it a whole other world. Get ready to explore. 1. Square watermelons They were invented back in the 70s by a graphic designer to fit compactly in the fridge and be cut more easily. Japanese farmers grow them in special containers to get the shape. Since they're pretty expensive, people don't buy them as food, but rather as a decorative item. 2. Ramen noodles bath The Unison Spa Resort in Hakone offers its guests the pretty unique experience of splashing around in a vat of pork soup and ramen noodles. While this may sound crazy to many people, many, the Japanese believe that soaking in such a bath is good for the skin because a broth made of pork is rich in collagen. 3. Bizarre flavors of Kit Kat Chili pepper, wasabi, sweet potato, grilled corn, soybean, salt, watermelon, mango, green tea, and that's only a short list of the Kit Kat flavors you can try in Japan. Which one would you try? Let me know down in the comments fake food. Specialists make this kind of food from plastic or wax, and it looks just as delicious as the real one. Many restaurants use fake food to display their popular dishes in the windows and attract hungry clients. Usually, these replicas cost much more than the dishes they imitate. 5. Rabbit Island Back in the 40s, scientists brought a number of rabbits to Okonoshima Island to do some tests. However, later on, the animals were freed and started to multiply. Now the island is full of them and attracts a lot of tourists. Purakura Machines Taking photos in a booth is nothing new, but Japan added its own exciting twist to this experience. Their photo booths, called Purakura, allow you to edit photos right on the spot, adding different backgrounds, funny stickers, or writings. Also, you can send the pictures to your cell phone. Or perhaps your toilet, if, you know, you have Wi-Fi in there. You might never have to leave. 7. People pushers Subways and train stations get really overcrowded during rush hour. That's why the station staff and part-time workers have to perform the routine procedure of pushing people inside trains to fit in as many passengers as possible before the doors close. Number 8. Umbrella Parking Lot Before going inside a building, you can park and lock your umbrella just like you do with your bike. Now you can be sure no one will take it, and you won't make a puddle on the floor if your umbrella is wet. Many government buildings, offices, and hotels have this sort of umbrella rack. 9. Millions of vending machines Japan has more than 5 million of them, mostly because they save time for people who work late hours, which is a pretty common thing here. Besides, Japanese vending machines aren't just for snacks and soda. You can buy basically anything, from live lobsters to underwear, in these machines. 10. Tokyo's Biggest Resident In 2015, Godzilla was granted citizenship in Tokyo's Shinjuku Ward. The authorities presented a special certificate stating his new residency and also made him a job offer. Godzilla became the tourism ambassador. Later, they even installed a Godzilla head 171 feet above the ground at Toho, the movie studio that made the original movie back in 1954. 11. Train delays make headlines Punctuality is a really big thing here, and train stations do everything possible to avoid a delay. 
If a train is 5 minutes late, the railway company might have to issue a delay certificate for railway workers and passengers who missed an important appointment. And if the delay is longer than an hour, then the railway company might give an official apology in newspapers. 12. Silent Karaoke This is a special microphone with a cone that you place over your mouth. It muffles most of the sounds when you sing. It was designed for people who don't want to wake up their neighbors and those who feel shy about belting their favorite tunes in public. Number 13. Polite slurping While in many countries, slurping is considered rude, in Japan, it's a way to show your appreciation of the dish. If you don't slurp when you eat noodles, then the chef will think that you don't enjoy the food or that it's cold. Ah, good noodles! 14. Face napkins When you eat a burger, it's never pretty because your mouth gets covered in ketchup or mustard. Owners of one fast-food restaurant found a solution to this by serving burgers together with special napkins. They cover the faces of guests who feel a bit embarrassed about looking messy while eating. 15. Water-saving sinks They're located right over the toilet tanks. The idea is simple. First, you wash your hands over the sink, then the sink water goes straight into the toilet tank, and finally, you flush the toilet when you've done your business. So, you save water by using it twice. Aren't you glad they don't do it the other way? Number 16. Strange mayo No, Japanese mayo doesn't have any special recipe or ingredient. But they don't eat it with salads, meat, or sandwiches. In Japan, people usually use it as a topping for ice cream or on pancakes. Mmm, a chocolate sundae with mayo. Haha, <laughs> nothing better. 17. Naps at work In Japanese culture, dozing off at the workplace, or in Amuri, is considered a sign of being a hard-working person who's very committed to their job. That's why Inamuri is so common, and no one thinks it's a bad thing. Some people even fake it. 18. World's Shortest Escalator you can find it in the basement of Moore's Department Store, which is located in the city of Kawasaki. The escalator has only 5 steps and is only 33 inches tall. Well, that's one small step for a man. Okay. 19. Canned Food Restaurant Eating canned food may not sound like a delicious treat for you, but there's a whole chain of restaurants all over the country where they serve only canned food. They're pretty popular, since clients can choose from 300 varieties of food from all across the world. 20. Doll Village The village of Nagoro used to have a population of 300 people, but less than 40 residents live there now. A local artist, Tsukumi Ayano, made over 300 life-size dolls, most of which look like former residents, and they're located in various states of action. For example, there's a whole classroom of them in the village school that was closed a while ago. Number 21. No fours. It's common for Japanese culture to avoid the number four, because it's considered to be very unlucky. That's why some buildings don't have a fourth floor, stores don't sell a set of cutlery for four, and the number of guests to some event can't be four. 22. Blue traffic light. They use a blue color instead of green for traffic lights. The reason for that hides in their language. Historically, there was only one word for both colors. When traffic lights first appeared in the country, they were as green as anywhere else. But that green color was still called blue. To make things right, the government decided to use the bluest shade of green possible. 
Okay. 23. Cleaning classes. Japanese kids learn how to clean in many schools because it's a part of their education. They mop their classrooms and hallways, do dusting, and even clean the bathrooms. Teachers believe it's a great way to raise responsible citizens. 24. Footbath train. Take the Tsudoi tourist train to get the most comfortable sightseeing experience. This train has foot baths built of aromatic cypress wood and filled with warm spring water that can soothe the pain in your joints. So, you can soak your feet and enjoy beautiful views at the same time while traveling from Nagoya to Yonoyama Onsen. 25. Futuristic Toilets Toilets in Japan are very high-tech. To use one, a person should know what all those buttons are for. There's a variety of functions, including heating the seat, spraying warm water to clean the user up, and even playing music. All they're missing is a refrigerator. Wow! Who'd ever want to leave their toilet? 26. Crazy ice cream flavors The Japanese love weird food combos. That's why finding an ice cream flavored with horse meat, cactus, charcoal, squid ink, garlic, or chicken wings won't be a problem here. 27. Space-saving parking lots Since Japan is a densely populated country, they don't like to waste space. That's why their parking lots have a smart system. They're designed like multi-level garages. 28. Robot-run hotel In a hotel in Nagasaki, robots are a big part of its staff. It's called the henna, which translates as strange. The human-like androids meet the guests, clean the rooms, carry luggage, make coffee, and even smile. However, real people work there too to recharge the robots and supervise how they perform their duties. 29. Café Companion Sitting alone in a café and enjoying your coffee and food is common for most people around the world. But in the land of the rising sun, you'll get a huge, plush moomin to sit next to you in one of the cafés so you don't have to eat alone. Hey, Janine! I knew you would like that. All right, guys, so we are coming up against our time to shut down. So I promised you two trivia questions based on that video. So I hope you guys paid attention. Uh, Dara, the first person to raise their hand, if they get it right, they will get their um, travel savings card. So the first question is, what number is considered unlucky? What number is considered unlucky in Japan? Do we have any waiting. numbers up? Any? Not yet. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. Any hands up? Uh, okay, go. quick question. Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Well, well, the answer is four, but where can I get them Kit Kats? <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So, Abraham, I'm sure we have your contact information somewhere. We will send that um, travel gift card to you, um, travel savings card to you tomorrow. I want the Kit Kats instead. The Kit Kats, well, you can, you can use it to book a hotel in Japan and get those Kit Kats. Okay. So, question number two, somebody else please answer. What was the official government title that Godzilla got in 2015? Any hands? Any hands? Not yet. Oh, no, not yet. Teresa Christian. Teresa Christian. Hold on one second. You're correct. Uh, you want me to do it or are you doing it? I got it. Um, tourist ambassador. That's yes. Nicely, right? Cool. But- Woo! Yeah, 
correct. Teresa, I think you've won before, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, cool. Awesome. We got our two trivia questions in. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're kind of against our deadline, so I'll turn it over to Terry, and then I'll take you home after that, Terry. So. Okay, everybody. Well, thank you so much for a wonderful, wonderful trip with us. We appreciate you. And I'm just going to say one thing. Every time you hear about the cherry blossom trees in Washington, D.C., just remember those came from Japan in 1920. Brian? Yep. Well, first off, I want to thank you guys for taking an hour out of your time on a Monday night. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Janine, for dropping in. Thank you, Dara, for being our pilot and streamer. We really appreciate it. Um, guys, we talk about that we love to travel. That's why we do this call. Uh, we have found a better way to travel at the guaranteed lowest price. And actually, I looked up one of those capsule hotels. I like nice stuff. So I looked up a five-star capsule hotel. If you believe one of those can exist, typically sells for about $280 a night. And I found it on uh, through our travel app for $115. And those of you that are thinking travel right now sounds crazy. One of the things we can do while we travel is keep ourselves healthy. And one way to do that is um, with proper nutrition and everything. And so our... Our group, our travel group, we are a complete lifestyle company. So we also have uh, organic um, whole food supplements and things like that to make sure as you're traveling, you're staying healthy because there's nothing worse than being on vacation and getting sick. Guys, please go by Out of Sight Adventures, Out of Sight Adventures on Facebook. You can email us with any questions or suggestions of places to go at Out of Sight Adventures 2020 at Gmail. Please, if you enjoy the call, we love having you invite your friends, tell everybody about it. We will be staying domestic next week going to the greatest city in the world and we will see you guys next week thank you guys everybody's happy travels good night